Welcome or welcome back to the latest episode of the CS School podcast, where we speak with CS professionals from all over the world, learning about the hottest topics and customer success by stripping them back to basics and discovering how best to apply these strategies. As the difficulty and often cost of customer acquisition increases, driving sustainable revenue growth through your customers has become today's most critical business mandate. Founded by customer success leaders, Catalyst uniquely understands the challenges of driving lifelong customer revenue, and they've built a platform to address exactly that. Catalyst is today's industry leader of choice for customer revenue optimization that delivers the business value you need without the admin cost, adoption time, or technical debt of market alternatives. Catalyst software is a customer success tool that helps centralize customer data, get a clear view of customer health, and scale experiences that drive retention and growth. So let's get stuck in with this episode. Hi everyone, my name's Grace Gupta, and I'm the copywriter here at Customer Success Collective. Joining me on the podcast today is Catalyst's very own Senior Renewals Manager, Mel English. Now, Mel's been on the CS space for about seven years now. Having started her career as a CSM, she's since moved into leading both scale and strategic teams before joining Catalyst. Over the last 15 months, she's been closely examining the standard for renewals in the industry in an effort to build out the best-in-class renewals experience for Catalyst's customers. So, in this episode, I'm going to be picking her brain on just that, customer renewals. So, Grab a coffee, sit back, and let the renewals intel pour over you. Hi, Mel. Thank you so much for joining me on the CS School podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Really excited to have you on today because we're going to be talking about something super relevant to every CSM or renewals manager, kind of giving it away a bit there. But we're going to be talking about the renewals process. Hopefully, this episode is going to be a bit of a practical guide and really get into some really valid points about the renewals process. And I'm going to hand it over to you because you are the expert. Would you be able to tell me a little bit about how you got into customer success? You work for Catalyst. What's your role at Catalyst like? What it is about that renewals process that you think maybe companies don't really get right? And kind of talk about your role at Catalyst. Sorry, that was about a thousand questions in one. That was really poor of me. But yeah, <laughs> start off how you got into customer success. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I got into customer success kind of by chance, really. I started uh, my career in support, uh, first started with support at an insurance company, moved into support at a tech company, and realized through my support interactions that I loved the building relationship aspect of support and being able to see a customer that I answered a question with and maybe recommendation on have how successful they were with that answer. And so at the previous company that I was at, there was an opening. Customer success was relatively new. We called it customer concierge at the time. And so there was an opening on that team. And I put my hand up and just spoke about all of the relationships that I had already built with some of our biggest customers and how I could lean in on those to really become their advocate and trusted advisor and and just double down on that relationship building. So that was about seven years ago, started as a customer success associate. And then at that company had many roles where I managed our regional team, which is kind of the first draft of what we're not now calling scale or tech touch in today's current market. And then I also managed the strategic team. So I've been able to see all of the different kind of flavors of customer success. In that role, the CSMs were managing their own renewals. And so 
I loved having the commercial conversations. I love being able to coach my reports on how to have those conversations. One of the biggest tasks that we needed to accomplish was moving customers to long-term agreements. And I absolutely loved doing it and was pretty successful at it as well. So I then started at Catalyst just about two years ago as a senior CSM and loved it, loved still the relationship building and connecting with customers and being able to prescribe and, and help them be successful. But here at Catalyst, we have a dedicated renewal manager. And I realized pretty quickly that I missed those commercial conversations. And so when I saw an opportunity to uh, join the commercial team and truly be the commercial team, because we only have one renewal manager and what that meant in that I would be able to help inform process and determine what workflows should look like and what is a successful renewal at Catalyst. I put my hand up and was lucky enough that leadership saw something in me that they said yes. And that's what I've been spending the last 12 plus months doing. Oh, thank you so much for that. So you literally are the entire renewals process at Catalyst in one in one whole person. Wow, that must be. Well, I don't know. Is it? it, it I'm assuming. I'm assuming you absolutely love it. Like, is it quite quite a lot? The you know the onus of having that whole process just with a team of one. Yeah, I mean, I love it. I think from like a org chart perspective, I'm a team of one, but there's so much support. I work so closely with right. the CSMs to ensure mm -hmm. that the renewal for their customers are successful. I have so much support from our leadership team. We've had a, a CRO join about seven or eight months ago, who's been able to give me just so much knowledge and, and be able to practice new skills and bring that to the renewal table. So I, I don't feel like I'm a renewal team of one, even though on paper I am, because I just work so closely with so many amazing mm -hmm. folks here at Catalyst. Oh, brilliant. Thank you. Thank you for that. So I guess really, if we're going to talk about, I'm really, really interested because I don't know a huge amount, honestly, I don't know a huge amount about renewal. So I'm really, really, really curious to pick your brains about this. I think if we, if we start this episode thinking about renewals in a linear way, let's, let's, should we start with kickoffs? You know, it's not something you don't really want to leave in my, you know, my, my limited understanding of this, you don't want to leave renewal kickoff too late. So I guess I want to ask you a question. How crucial would you say it is to start engaging with renewals you know, well in advance of the actual renewal date, because I'd be quite, you know, would you be able to share any insights on, you know, also perhaps how you can, you know, use technology as well to, you know, automate renewals and make them a bit more, I don't know, pers personalized? Is that, you know, is that something you'd be yeah. able to talk to us about? Of course, absolutely. So I think it's, critical to a successful renewal to kick off super early. And I'd actually argue that that renewal kickoff happens before the, you know, official kickoff of, hey, we're 120 days from the renewal date. Let's start this conversation. One thing that I actually do is as soon as we have a new customer, 60 days uh, after they've signed uh, up with us, I'm sending an introductory email where they can put a face to the name. They know who to reach out to if they have contract questions. I'm also gathering some intel on like what their budgeting cycle looks like and are, there, are they using a third-party procurement vendor and who's the right point of contact to reach out to when renewal time comes. And so then I use that information to inform myself of various touch points that I can have with the customer. I feel strongly that renewals are not one within the renewal window and kind of leaning on the experience that I had as a CSM, where I know that as I continue to build relationships and trust with customers, some of these more difficult conversations become easier because we have a 
combined goal in mind versus feeling like, you know, I'm the negotiator and you're the customer and we've got to meet in the middle somehow. Instead, we're both standing on the the same side. So those touch points, even before the renewal kicks off, just to build that trust is super important to me. So we have the the introductory email that goes out. I also reach out at their the customer's time of budgeting. So I'm actually getting in front of the customer before we're even talking about renewal. I'm giving them a quote so they can use that to inform their budgeting costs for Catalyst in the upcoming year. Fantastic. Thank you so much for that. So would you, do you, I don't know, are there any, do you have any insights on how you can use technology to automate, you know, I hear, you know, because you don't want to, you don't want to miss that. I guess you have to, let me start that again. <laughs> I guess with so many different like types of customers, you know, you've got your really high value customers, you've got your, or, you know, the high touch customers. How can you use technology to sort of make sure you're best serving these customers, you know, when it comes to renewals? You know, is there any automation you can use to help, re- you know, making sure you're reaching these customers? Yeah, I am a little biased, but I do my entire workflow out of Catalyst. We definitely drink our own champagne, so to speak. So I actually automate everything out of Catalyst where I've got a playbook that kicks off both at time of budgeting cycle. So I have a field that indicates that date. And once that date is within a seven-day window, we send an email to connect on budgeting. And then the same uh, process happens for renewal kickoff. Our playbooks also allow us to branch. So I can special handle, I've got three different branches where I'm looking at kind of your standard high-touch renewal, sending an email to them, asking to connect on a call and sending the calendar link, letting them know the agenda of that kickoff call and what they can expect from us. We then have an at-risk branch that has some special handling because we know that that customer is at risk. And so this renewal needs that extra TLC. And then we also have another branch for a kind of our skill program that allows us to be able to kick off and initiate those conversations without a record or without a Zoom call and instead is a recorded walkthrough where we're able to still give them everything they need, offer a Zoom call if they'd like, but be able to kind of scale that process a little bit more effectively because we don't we don't have that super high touch approach. Oh, that's really interesting. Thank you very much for that. Of course. I guess I've also been thinking when I was preparing for this uh, episode, I guess when it comes to renewals, you don't want it to feel one-sided at all. That's my understanding, my very, my layman's understanding of it. So I guess they want, you want it to be, you know, you want the customer to feel like they're getting something out. You don't want it to feel, you know, I don't know, a bit too, too salesy. You want it to feel beneficial. So I'm curious to know, like, how can companies, and this is, you know, hopefully people listening uh, you know they might be might be going through something similar themselves or they might not be that adept or they might not be have that much experience with renewals but how can companies I guess shift that narrative to make renewal conversations with their customers mutually beneficial I guess rather than purely transactional and I think I guess that's probably very very it's probably very very relevant to the current macroeconomic climate you know with so many so many companies I know having to make redundancies or just having to cut back on budgets, you know. So how, yeah, I guess in a way, way would about how can companies ensure that renewal discussions are two-way conversations and not 
overwhelming for the customers you know you don't want to have them you know that you don't want to be badgered with you know like you know let's 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 renew now you want it to feel a bit more natural I would have thought yeah absolutely one thing that I do is before we even get into renewal discussion where we're talking about contracts or licensing or numbers I am setting expectations in terms of what I define as success in a renewal and asking the customer to also provide that insight so just to make sure that right from the get-go we're on the same page as to what's important to you in this renewal and what's important to me in this renewal my success is always surrounding an experience that the customer feels good about. Um, my intention is never, and my vision for renewals is never to, you know, feel like I'm strong arming somebody into signing something that doesn't feel right for them, um, but also finding the balance of the, the needs of our business. Um, but also just setting the table of like, hey, at the end of the day, I want us to all walk away feeling like we've got mutually recognized wins that we've got give gets and then diving into like, what are those give gets? We can't, unfortunately, right now, shy away from the fact that the current macroeconomic climate means customers are looking to curb spend. Everybody is looking for discounts. They're looking to pay less. Tech budgets are being reduced. So getting creative and really understanding what's important to that customer is integral as part of that conversation. Otherwise, it just becomes a numbers game, you know, and there's there's negotiation tactics that you can bring into that. But I'd really rather come from a point of like, where is value for you? And like, how can we align that value to the cost of your renewal contract and just ensure that there's full alignment there? Just increasing the value to where the cost becomes a no brainer. Maybe it's like inclusion of our beta program and something that they really want to get their hands on early and making sure that we give access to that as, as part of the renewal agreement or prescriptive builds of our most impactful workflows. And you know, we're hearing in addition to lower budgets that resources are constrained. Everyone's trying to do more with less. And so like, how can we fill that gap and make it a real no-brainer for uh, that renewal to be successful? Thank you for that. Love that. I don't suppose you could perhaps, you know, for the purpose of this podcast, if you could, do you have like an example of a renewal conversation that, oh, I guess resulted in a win-win for the both the, you know, the company and the customer? Because, yeah, I think ultimately I'm wondering how you can be helpful in, you know, in the kickoff stage and how this attitude can, yeah, lead to a more pleasant experience for the customer. Yeah, absolutely. So one customer um, that I had recently renewed, we know that based off their interactions and success planning with their CSM, that like industry awareness and just being able to like have a voice in their own niche industry was super important to them. And they also, of course, had uh, some budget concerns where they, they were looking to uh, curb spend as much as possible. And so we knew that their adoption of Catalyst was great. We had great feedback from their CSMs. There was a lot of ROI and value that we were able to articulate. But what really was going to allow us to get that renewal over the finish line is be able to partner on a co-marketing partnership where, you know, use case that they're completing in Catalyst and they're, they've seen that ROI, being able to go to the market together to be able to share that intel and insight. And that kind of checked the box of like, hey, we, we want to get our name out, that, out there more. We want to be able to, you know, be a leader in the market and tell people what we're doing. And so being able to partner with them on that was a win-win for us both. And then when we're thinking about kind of the budget constraints, 
knowing that they were a wildly successful customer and they had no intention of going anywhere, having a long-term commitment on the table. So 24 or 36-month agreement allows us to incentivize the cost a little bit more. And so we were able to get within their budget with a multi-year deal. And so that's how we were, were able to kind of meet their needs and be able to look broader than just the renewal and looking specifically at budget, but also understanding what their goals for the entire company were. Thank you for that. Kind of also picked me to my next question, really. I was going to ask you, because I guess from hearing what you're saying today, value is obviously at the heart of renewals and making sure, I guess, I think making sure that the customer, you know what the customer wants, you know, regardless of whether they're at, you know, potentially at risk or if they've got budget constraints. So I was kind of trying to think, I was thinking more, when I was when we were talking the when we were talk, talking before the episode about outcomes based thinking and you know for my mind in my mind a bit of a like I said a bit of a renewals layman you know I was wondering if there's a clear distinction between renewal sales like like you do and you know post sales and then sort of new sales so and I guess like with customer success and renewals every you know every part you know they're they're so focused on value and thinking of the outcomes for the customer but you know that's very I think that's very much something that you know is is focused on on onboarding and different stages you know in the post-sales journey but how does how do renewals kind of apply outcomes-based thinking because this is something that obviously should be really a company-wide sort of ethos right So I was just quite curious to know how renewals, how, you know, in your day to day, how you kind of apply outcomes based thinking during, you know, in renewals management. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a few different ways that we do that. I would say the most common way um, that we're doing with all renewals is before we're even getting into like expectation setting is we do kind of a year in review. So I have a value slide that I put together that talks through, you know, expansion dollars that have been recognized in Catalyst or, you know, increased renewal rates or whatever aligns to that company's business priorities. Right now, it is definitely very revenue focused. We're seeing with many customers, but you know anything that really aligns with those priorities that we can see that they've accomplished because of Catalyst or within Catalyst, I'm creating a slide that shows that quantifiable ROI. And so we do that before even digging into the renewal options. I like to set the stage as kind of a year in review, look back, celebrate our successes before diving into the renewal, just to make sure that there's that reminder of all of the great things we've accomplished together. Um, But I'm also finding that a lot of times when we're on a kickoff call, the point of contact that I'm connecting with probably has a direct line to the decision maker, but maybe isn't the actual person who's going to be signing the contract. So that value slide also allows me to arm that point of contact with all of the information and reason why they should be renewing Catalyst to bring to that contract signer. And so just being able to have like a you know, one page document that quantifies the ROI and, and all of the gains that that customer has received as a result of partnering with us is super, super important to be able to speak to the value. Amazing. Thank you very much. I was just thinking then how important, I guess, I mean, this is probably, this is the case for, I guess, all aspects of business. So it's not probably not in, uh, not isolated to renewals particularly, but predictability is a huge part. You know, you don't want any, you don't want any nasty surprises. You want to make sure that, you know, you're, you, you know, you're forecasting renewals 
you want to have you want to have you know you want to have a solid idea of where this is going to go so I was kind of wondering how companies can can actually you know maintain or drive predictability when they're forecasting renewals because you know when a customer receives a renewal notification I guess I'm wondering how can that serve as a tool for accountability growth rather than just a measure put in place to you know reduce you know in case they're at risk of churn yeah so I think that the predictability is something that needs to be like muscle memory that's happening on a consistent basis. And so, as I've said already, we have, I have super tight alignment with CSMs. And as they're having conversations with their points of contact with, with their customer, they're asking the tough questions. And so during business reviews, for example, we have a field that's titled CSM sentiment. And the driver behind that field is if today was your renewal date, would you renew? And so asking that on a pretty regular basis, ideally quarterly, allows us to indicate through the sentiment whether the, the customer is healthy or at risk. And then that also feeds up to our weighted health score. But it also allows us to, with you know 12 months notice, essentially, be able to indicate what the renewal forecast looks like. So again, a little bit niche to Catalyst, but we have a field at the opportunity level on every renewal that's called renewal forecast. The options are you know known churn, likely to churn, likely to renew, or will renew. And I have that field as part of the note that the CSM fills out with every interaction with their customer. And so based on that, the call or, or um, conversations that they're having, they have a reminder to make sure that that renewal forecast is updated. And I have line of sight as all of that information is fed up into a forecasting dashboard that I have in Catalyst to be able to see where our retention numbers are likely to land based on all of those renewal forecasts. Hmm, very interesting. Thank you very much. Um, I was thinking when I was yeah when I was re- when I was researching for this episode and you know I wanted to I wanted to read as much as possible about it so I could you know, ask you semi intelligent questions but I was really thinking I guess as companies grow and scale there will be an element in you know in most operations of standardization across you know whether it's onboarding whether it's you know whatever in and renewals but I was thinking like like a lot of these operations do you think standards are stand stand let's start that again standardizing renewals process does it impact the i guess the effectiveness of 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 a customer's renewal experience because you know for instance when you know what measures can customer success managers put in place to you know help control renewal outcomes but really make sure that the customer is still getting a personal experience and they don't just feel like one in, I don't know, a thousand, I don't know how many customers, yeah, you know, one in, one in, one in a thousand, say. Yeah, uh, great question. I think that standardization is something that we have to have. Like if, if any company wants to scale, we need to be able to standardize processes and workflows. But I think that the key is an element of personalization within standardization. So as you said, it doesn't feel like when I'm sending a renewal kickoff email that the customer is like, this isn't relevant to me because there's nothing about me in it. And so one way that we do that is within Catalyst, we have 
playbooks that can generate emails, and those emails contain personalization tags. So when I'm sending the renewal kickoff email, it includes things like their CSM's name, their renewal date, could include their business priorities, and you know any detail that I want to ensure that that customer feels like that message was really targeted to them. That allows me to automate and scale without missing a beat and still feeling like I am sending relevant information to each individual contact, but I can do it in a super scalable way. And I'm not spending half an hour on every single email that I'm needing to send out to kick off a renewal. So yeah, I would say that personalization in the automation in the, sorry, personalization in the automation is what makes the process effective. Um, for example, we have a an email that goes out. It's one of our most successful emails in the renewal process. And it's a simple thank you for renewing email. And so there's an element of personalization in there where I'm calling out somebody specifically in the renewal process to thank them for their collaboration or, you know, the extra effort that they put in. And it's an email that almost 100% of the time gets responses and excitement from. And it is, again, a super simple email that's been set up through a playbook. And I'm really just going in and typing in a few personalization tags and, and sending it off. So it's it's been really successful, but it's very, very standardized. Thank you for that. that yeah, I was, I, was, I was thinking about this before and I was really cu quite curious to how, how you're going to answer that. So yeah, brilliant. Thank you very much. Of course. And I guess... Sort of to round off, we were speaking about, you know, earlier you said that, you know, although on paper you're a team of team of one in the renewals team, but you work really closely with your CSMs and other, you know, and other other, mem other members of the business. But how I was quite, you know, thinking about how to align renewals with, I don't know, overall business, you know, ideas. So how would you ensure that your renewal strategy is aligned with your overall business goals and I guess curious to know from you, what are some pretty common mistakes that you see or hear or read about companies, you know, making when managing renewals? Absolutely. So in terms of aligning with business goals and priorities, I work super closely with the whole go-to-market team. We have weekly revenue meetings that I'm a part of where I'm communicating to the business what retention numbers look like, and we're ensuring that we're pacing towards target and that they're all hands on deck if there are any concerns with not hitting target. Um, and so we all have kind of a common goal in mind. And the way that we're able to do that is I have a dashboard in Catalyst that has all of our retention details available to anybody in the company that wants to see them. I would say that one of the biggest mistakes that a company would make is not being transparent with uh, retention numbers and, you know, being worried about having some of that financial information available. But I would argue that retention is a company-wide number. You know, I'm looking at any churned accounts and their, their, their reason for ultimately churning. And we're able to attribute specific dollar amounts to, you know, those various buckets. And I have interest from everybody in the company on kind of their particular segment. So retention at Catalyst is an org-wide number. It is not 
CS specific where it's our OKR, we have buy-in from product and sales and marketing, and they all have vested interest in where we land. We also have an at-risk meeting that has folks from every part of the business attending. And we specifically in the at-risk details call out what department we need help from, whether that's the executive team or product or marketing. And then that team knows exactly what's expected of them and can jump in and help save that at-risk account. So yeah, I would say that the the biggest mistake is not being transparent with where a company is in terms of retention numbers and also not attributing that as a goal for the entire organization and specifically looking at CS is responsible for retention. Thanks for sharing that. I mean, it's probably no surprise to me that a customer success software vendor like Catalyst is pretty hot on its customer success and, and making sure that retention is a company-wide thing. So yeah, I'm sure... Lots of other companies probably can take a, a, a leaf out of a Catalyst book and making sure that customer success really is like taken serious, taken seriously and as a sort of business philosophy, I, I guess. Yeah. But thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Unfortunately, we're, we're just run out of time, but really, really enjoy talking about this. And I've, I've learned so much and really been an enjoyable talking to you and hearing how it works at Catalyst. So thanks so much, Mel. Awesome. I've had a blast. Thank you for having me. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to check out our other episodes and go to the customersuccesscollective.com for even more customer success related content. You can also join our global community on Slack and you can find the link to that on the CSC website. But until then, see you next time.